Hey y'all, it's your man El Jamar, and you are currently listening to Never Out of Bounds. We're going to get straight into the show today. Well, word on the street is, if you're a journalist in Mexico, you're having a quite a rough time right now. Mexico is currently the second most dangerous place in the world for journalists, second to Syria. Just last year, 11 were assassinated, including the world-known Juan Valdez, who was gunned down in the, in the state of Sinaloa. Journalists are being targeted for their narco-journalism, speaking out against the cartels and political corruption. Journalists are often cyberbullied, raped, and also kidnapped. So far, 115 journalists have been killed, but only 4% are even, or 4% of these cases are even prosecuted. Another well-known journalist, Patricia Mayorga, is currently uh, in exile in Lima, Peru, because of threats, because of numerous death threats sent to her by numerous cartels. In Mexico, this is a big problem right here because what's what's happening is, of course, the the press is being suppressed. They're not being able to speak out, so no one's really knowing exactly what's going on. There's a lot of political corruption as well as just the cartels, and it seems to me that nobody's getting this. Well, of course, we know what's going on through the killing and the violence, but there's there doesn't seem to be much much help in the sense of changing anything because the press is for one is is being slaughtered <clears throat> well in us news today pennsylvania had their primary elections this was important because the democrats at this point needed uh need about 23 seats to gain uh gain back the majority of the house and currently uh pennsylvania has been a flip-flop state they voted for Trump in the 2016 election, but has recently voted for a Democrat for a seat on the Congress in a special election uh, in November. Current races include Scott Wallace and Rachel Reddick headed against uh, going against Brian Fitzpatrick and Ryan Saccone for for House seats. Also, in terms of the Senate races, we have Robert Price, a Democrat, going up against Lou Barletta, who is also supported by Trump. Again, this is an important time of the year because the uh, the House and the Senate majorities are both on the line, and this 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 is our legislation. These are the actual lawmakers, so it's very important that we know who's being elected there, and why it meet why it's important. Well, we're gonna t- wrap this up with some celeb news. As you all know, Prince Harry is getting married this weekend to Meghan Markle. Also, the mother, I'm sorry, Queen Elizabeth II has just uh, signed off on it, her giving her consent, basically giving her blessing. Also, Tristan Thompson and Khloe Kardashian had their baby this weekend. They named it True. However, the Kardashian family is not in the mood right now. They're mad at Tristan right now. We obviously know why. He's nothing but a dog. But, I mean, what did y'all expect? Y'all only go after ball players and athletes and people, black dudes with money anyways. Well, that's enough for the regular word on the street. We're going to get into some sports news. Next, we got some Robinson Cano on deck. He's in big trouble. Also, we got some football news as well as we're going to go over the scores tonight from the Western Conference Finals. Y'all stay tuned. All right now, y'all. Let's get on to the wide world of sports. Let's start with some baseball. Robinson Cano, second baseman of the Mariners, has been suspended 80 games for alleged steroid use. This is the second time this season he's tested positive for a known diuretic. Repeated diuretic use usually leads into steroid abuse because most of the ingredients in them usually are masking agents for steroids and other PEDs. 
Now, Robinson's suspension will be begin immediately. And since he's on the DL, the disabled list, the time he spent on the time spent on there will go towards the suspension. At this point in the season, he has a 287 average with four home runs and 23 RBIs. He's currently an All-Star, but since because of his suspension, he won't be able to participate in the All-Star game or in the postseason if the Mariners just so happen to make it. Now, and his 1,783 games played in since 2007 are the most in the league. Now, off to some other baseball scores. Let's get into some Bay Area baseball. The Athletics today they they beat the Boston uh, the Boston Red Sox five to three with all members of the starting lineup getting hits including third baseman Mark Chapman with two hits one run and also two RBIs Mark Conha with also two RBIs and then you have Steven Piscotty also getting the home run. Now as far as pitching goes Daniel Morgan is going to get the win today. Uh, to got the win today with six innings pitch, eight hits. One run allowed and also three strikeouts. As far as Boston's concerned, Andrew Benatendi also got a home run in the fifth inning, and also Mitch McMorland got two doubles and an RBI to add to the add to the fray as well. Eduardo Rodriguez put up five solid innings, but but gave up six hits, three earned runs, but got also got four strikeouts. Also, the Giants were able to beat the Cincinnati Reds five to three. Brandon Crawford has had a good game, going four for four with two runs. Brandon Belt had a uh, four-run homer in the in the fourth, giving him his eighth for the season. Pablo Sandoval also pinched it and got a single for two runs. And Kelby Tomlinson got a double, a RBI double in the seventh. For the Reds, Eugenio Suarez got a hit in two, uh, it's actually two hits, excuse me, a run in two RBIs, and also Jesse Winkler got a run batted in. As far as pitching goes, it was a bad night for them. Tyler Mary had only two innings pitched, giving up seven hits and four runs. Wasn't a good game for them. Now, off to some NFL news. There is a rumor that Dez might be going to Green Bay. Jason Wooden has talked about it. Also, Ian Rappaport is saying that there's some interest. Now, there, the, Pat, the Packers haven't confirmed anything, nor are they saying that they, well, it hasn't been really confirmed necessarily yet. But there is some interest there. And also, this is coming after Dez already turned down a $7 million a year contract from the Ravens, which I thought was stupid. He was going to get paid more money than Michael Crabtree, who has been a better receiver than him the past two, three years. I think I think your boy needs to get off his high horse and stop thinking he's all that. Get out of his ego and just play some football because he ain't even all that raw no more. I don't even know why he thinks he can turn down $7 million. Like He's going to get that somewhere else. I think he's tripping. He needs to just shut up and play some football. I I, I think you need to let the, the, the Cowboys go. That's what you need to focus on because don't nobody care about you getting back at them at this point in your career. You're not raw for all that right now. Anyways, in other NFL news, uh, there was a disposition today at the Broncos headquarters in Inglewood, Colorado, for Cap's collusion case. They interviewed John Elway today, and also Cap was there to was there in attendance. And uh, what's interesting about John Elway is that he was the last GM to actually offer Kaepernick a job. Elway attempted to trade for Cap in 2016, but Kaepernick declined because of the lack of money, which is interesting. 
Um, he's saying there was collusion, but then there's this attempt. There's obviously an attempt here. Now, obviously, this was before. I think this was before his anthem protest, but obviously, people were trying to give him a job the entire, at one point in time. I don't know what the deal is here. Also, other people who were uh, who were interviewed for this collusion case were Jerry Jones, Ozzie Newsom, the, the GM for the for the Baltimore Ravens, John Harbaugh, former coach of the 49ers, Pete Carroll, the current coach of the Seahawks, and also the owner of the, uh, the Seahawks, Stephen Ross. They were also interviewed today. Well, not necessarily today, but for this case. So it's going to get really interesting. Uh, the I'm not too sure what they're going to get from what info they really wanted from John Elway, other than maybe saying, yeah, he was offered a job at some point. But then again, the job that was offered to him, the trade that was that was trying to be made was before the whole anthem controversy to begin began to begin with. So it's hard to really pinpoint, you know, really what info they really truly wanted. I'm not too sure what they're going for here. Well, we're gonna wrap things up with the NBA with some NBA. Uh, we're gonna go into the conference finals here, and we're gonna talk about how the Cavs just can't seem to can't seem to get it done, y'all. Yeah, they're down two zero. Well, I hate to admit it, but uh, I was wrong. I figured I I figured, and I pretty much. Had in my mind that the Cavs be up at least two zero right now, or at the very least top. I had no thoughts in my mind that they'd be down two zero, but that's what Boston has done, and Boston has thus put themselves on the precipice of one of the best upsets in a long time, barring they can keep it up. Jalen Brown had a good game with 23 points, 7 assists. Terry Rozier had 18 points and 5 assists. Al Horford had another 15 and 10 rebounds. Also, Marcus Smart was able to chip in with 11 points and 9 assists from the 6-man position. And also, you had Marcus Morris with a 12 and 10 game. As far as the Cavs are concerned, LeBron had a had a better game. He had 42 points and 12 assists with 10 rebounds. And also Kevin Love had a little bit of a better game with 22 points and 15 rebounds. But the story here is the Cavs bench. Nowhere to be found. Gone. J.R. Smith had zero points. And this is not this has not been the only game he's had with zero points. But the fact that it's the Eastern Conference Finals and he's still putting up goose eggs, still not helping his team. I don't even see why he had he's had a job for so long. I mean, for as great as the abilities that LeBron has on the field, I mean on the court. When they start comparing him to some GM and say, oh, well, he calls a shot. I said, if if that's the case, and he's a sucky GM. Because I wouldn't, I would not, in my heart of hearts, want Jose Calderon on my, on my championship run squad. I'm sorry. What, is, what did he do? What has he done? 
Jeff Green only provided six points tonight. Trash. I'll give you Corver giving you 11, but Corver's Asian. Corver, that's all Corver does is pretty much shoot. He don't really defend. He's not a defender. He's way too small. And it's just, it just looks like a struggle. Every game looks like a struggle for them. Boston seems to have all the answers. They can score inside. They can score outside. They can pass the ball a little bit. Both the guards, you know, they had a good number of assists. Brown had seven. Rozier had five. They did good on the boards. Al Horford got 10 rebounds. Jason Tatum contributed with some rebounds. Marcus Morris had 10 rebounds. Baines had had, had had a few rebounds. They seem to have all the answers at this point. They seem to be outplaying Cleveland at every step of the way. Not only is Jeff Green only getting six points, he's only getting like two rebounds, if that. Somebody from this team is going to have to step up. Because it's clear to me that LeBron James is going to have his elite level games. He's going to put himself out there every game. And it seems to me that at this point, Kevin Love is going to be playing. This is the best of Kevin Love's abilities. And they're not that bad. But this is this is the best that you're going to get from him. But you can't settle with zero from Jr. Not especially when he's somebody who can't defend. And that's and this is just indicative of the Cleveland Cavaliers. You got guys that don't even want to play. They're doing so bad. This is this is not this is not a good sign right now for LeBron. It's not a good sign right now for Cleveland. Because if I was Cleveland, I'd be I'd be really worried. Because although I'm 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 against him leaving, and I sort of in my heart of hearts want to say he doesn't leave. If he were to leave, this is the perfect storm for him to do so. Because again, I don't, I don't buy into the notion that he's necessarily a GM. So I, I know that the team around him is, is pretty much that's what, that's what GM and everybody else decided to get, or the personnel. People make the personal decisions. They made those decisions. So you can't blame all that on LeBron. So it's a reflection of them. And again, they failed him. Just like they failed him all those years before he left Miami. If you're scared about him going to the Sixers or to the Lakers, you have legit reason to now. I didn't envision this. If he if he gets swept like this, why would he why would he want to come back to Jose Calderon? Why would he want to come back to Rodney Hood, who gets butt hurt and doesn't want to get put in the game? Why would he want to come back to Jeff Green, 
who he knows can barely average him. He doesn't even average him uh, double digits in points on a consistent basis. Why would he? Why would he come back to J.R. Smith, who again, for a thousandth game in the playoffs, has the zero, nothing at all for them? Why would he want to come back to that? I wouldn't. And I can't blame him. I don't care if they burn the jerseys this time. I don't care. He deserves to play in a place where they're going to surround him with people that are not J.R. Smith. And if it is really ego, that ego-driven, and let's say LeBron is the GM that he says he is, dude, give it up because you suck at it, bro. You couldn't convince me that J.R. Smith is somebody that you would want to rock with. In the in this in the playoffs in the conference finals, not with what I've seen the past few years, he's a no show. Yeah, he'll he's a, he's he's the streakiest of all the streaky shooters. He can get extremely hot, extremely quickly, but for a lot of the majority of the time, he's nowhere. He's a nobody. Doesn't he? Need, he shouldn't even suit up half the time, if you ask me. And if he does stay, if LeBron does decide to stay, oh, heads are rolling, coaches are gone, if 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 need be. I don't know. I don't know how to really make of it, but if they lose, LeBron is probably gone. If they get especially if they get swept. Even if they are to or were to make it to the next round, how are they how are they gonna beat Golden State? That can do what Boston can do, meaning fill up the stat sheet, have players that can do, you know, participate in every realm of basketball. And on top of that, the starting five can put 20 or more on you. Every single one of them, please. The Cavaliers ain't got nothing on that. You're going to send Jose Calderon into that. Who, whoever made those decisions need need to shoot themselves. You could not get me to want to play for that team. Ah. It's it's kind of bittersweet because it's good to see Boston. It's good to see a new face, a fresh face, a young face beat the old lion. But to see it go down like this, without even him being able to put up a real legitimate fight, it's ugly. It's just, it's just sad. Now, I'm pretty sure they'll be able to, to tie things up in Cleveland. I, I know that. I, I Well, you know what? I don't even know. Not with the, what I've seen. I don't even trust J.R. Smith. I think in order for them to really have this game, to, for them to really get back into this series, LeBron James is going to have to keep doing what he's doing. Maybe even get into even more godlike status. Ascend even more into, into NBA lore. Kevin Love might have to ascend into another level, a plateau, a new, a new plateau. And with that being said, 
even with that, somebody, maybe one, maybe a mixture of one or two people are going to have to be a hero in every single game from now on. Whether it's Rodney Hood just scoring a a a a, a shit ton of points, or Jr. just shooting shooting a shit ton of threes, and they're and they're going in. Clarkson having a uh, having a having a decent game himself, or a monster game himself one day. Couple that couple that with with Larry Nance having a monster game on rebounds. Maybe he's not the greatest shooter that game, but he just he just has buku rebounds, buku second chance opportunities for the team. And even then. I don't think you're gonna beat the Warriors, but you might. You might be. You could probably get past the Celtics, but you ain't getting past the Warriors. Good luck, LeBron. Well, to close it out with some more NBA news, the NBA draft had its lottery today. Now, of course, the NBA draft will be on June the twenty-first, but. Today, Phoenix won the first pick of the draft. They had the worst record last year. This year, with the first round pick, they are uh, they are projected to either select DeAndre Ayton from Arizona, a center, All American, or also Luka Doncic from uh, from Real Madrid in Spain. He's a 19 year old shooting guard. And no, I'm not talking about the soccer team Real Madrid. I'm talking about there's actual professional basketball team called basketball team called Real Madrid. Go figure, right? The Kings are projected to over oh, the the Kings actually uh, got the second pick. They were projected to get the seventh pick, and they're pretty much are slated to pick whoever the whoever the Suns don't choose. Now the rest of the the rest of the first round pretty much goes like this. At least the next fourteen picks are gonna go like this. The Hawks at number three. Uh, number four is going to be the Grizzlies. Five are going to be the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Six are going to be the Orlando Magic. At number seven, you have the Chicago Bulls. At number eight, you have the Cavs, or who have their first first round picks since 2015. At number nine, you have the Knicks. And then coming at number se- uh, 10, you have the 76ers. And at number 11, you have the Hornets, who are basically picking at the same spot that they picked last year. And then you have 12 at 12 and 13, you have the Los Angeles Clippers. And then at 14, you have the Nuggets. Now, not too much to say here other than the first couple of picks of the draft, obviously, are going to be the most important. Usually around 8, 9, there's a little bit of a talent drop off. But it's interesting. The Cavs have a top 10 draft pick. It'll be interesting, interesting to see what they do with that, especially heading into the offseason. We don't know what LeBron's going to do. So it should be interesting to see that. And that's going to wrap it about up, uh, wrap today's episode about up. Thank you for uh, tuning in. Tomorrow we're going to have another ch- uh, chock of a show chock full of stuff, uh, some more Warden Street, of course. And most importantly, I wanted to have another another upon for the review segment. Uh, this time we're gonna be talking about Nelly. We're gonna talk about a little bit about his work, a little bit about his songs, everything like that, and kind of look at it from a different side. I know a lot of stuff has been said about him throughout his career, about everything about him. But we're gonna come in and take another look at him, and we're gonna give a, another another look at it and see if uh, things haven't changed. At least my feelings haven't changed about it. Well, y'all have a good night now. Love y'all. Peace out.